0: Hello. hi how are you you? good all right hello hello listeners thank you for chiming in this is international shells and this is the international shells show today i have a guest that i'm very excited to interview in fact the content that we're about to cover i think is not covered enough And it's something that's very, very common. I think it's something that uh, a lot of people deal with on a daily basis, whether it's in their home, whether it's at their job, in the streets, in their commute, just in their day-to-day life. But I think it's one of those things that people shy away from talking about because of how heavy the topic is. So the young lady that I'm speaking with today, this is a special interview because of how we ended up connecting. Now, uh, this is the holiday season. We actually just had Thanksgiving, families getting together, things of that nature. And I actually went to school with this young lady's fiance. We've been friends for dog years. I'm talking since Scooby-Doo was a puppy. We go way back, (laughs) me and this guy. Now, recently... He put something on his social media and it made a bold statement, I think. And uh, it was along the lines of pretty much check in on your people. Happy holidays, but this time of year isn't happy for everyone. And I thought that was very bold to say. And then he followed it by listing all the phone numbers for different hotlines, whether it was the suicide hotline, the overeaters hotline. Depression, and so on and so forth. So I reached out to him and I said to him, Brother, that's heavy. Long and short, I spoke with him later. I asked him if he minded talking to me about it. He told me it was something that his sister posted, but if I wanted to talk about it, I should talk to his fiance because she's a lot better versed in this topic than he is. First off, I thought it was super sweet that he said that. So he then gave me her phone number. He gave me her num, uh, uh her her name, her proper, you know, spelling of her name. Because in the back of my head, she's been like family to me for years because of him. And I reached out to this young lady and had an awesome conversation. We got to know one another, and I'm happy to have her on. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Femi Brathwaite. Please correct me if I said that improperly, but welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. <laughs> you said it right. You said it right.
0: Yay. (laughs) So I just wanted to bring to their attention. I know that sounded like a, a mouthful, but I wanted to just have them understand that the fact that we're speaking with each other right now is just so many different channels. We had no idea we were going to talk to each other at all, but I'm glad because our initial conversation was potent. And we touched on so many other things other than this. So you're going to be back on. I'm just letting you know that right here on Front Street so everyone can hear it. You will be hearing this lady's voice again on this show because we have a lot of interesting territory to cover, I think, just from the Caribbean aspect alone. So we've got a lot of stuff to touch on, but we're going to stay focused and uh, uh, speak on the topic at hand. And today I'd like to... Hey, Femi. Hi. All right. So we're back on here. I don't know what happened last segment, but it's okay. So we'll jump right into this. So what I was making mention of before was you are familiar with the mental health, depression, and things like that. You're familiar with that industry that actually caters to these people who suffer from these situations. Yeah. Now, I made mention that earlier... uh, Quentin, your fiance, he put a post up, you know, and he said thing. he said something referencing the fact that this time of year is happy for a lot, but it isn't for a good number of people as well. So, you know, be cognizant of what's going on with people in their life. And, you know, he listed the phone numbers. Now, again, I made mention to him that maybe he would like to talk about it. He referenced you because he said you are much more, you know, you're better versed in it. So we kind of glazed over this earlier in a separate conversation because I didn't want the first time for us to meet, you know, to be here. So (laughs) please let the people know what exactly you do, uh, what institutions or areas you've worked in or where you've studied, and how you're familiar with this particular situation, be it depression, mental health as a whole, all of that. Yeah, um...
1: I graduated out of Mega Evans College with my Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. I worked at Lennox Hill Hospital. <laughs>
0: it's cool. This is real life people. This is also the mother of twin boys and one of them is hanging out right now. So we're going to hear him from time to time. So it's okay, real life. So
1: go ahead. I you hold him,
0: please? He's not professional. <laughs> At least they know this is real life stuff. We're doing this where we can.
1: Here being fake. time am here. Good night.
0: Hey, Femi. I
1: don't know why I keep suffering like that.
0: I don't know, but these technical difficulty things do happen in Anchorland from time to time. So we've had a little bit of some uh, technical difficulties, but I feel like we're back on track for this one. Don't worry about it. So uh, I wanted you to tell the people what your avenue of expertise is, whether it be depression specifically, mental health as a whole, uh, the places that you've studied. The institutions you've worked in and how you're familiar with just this topic as a whole please
1: well if i'm familiar with the whole mental health of, the whole besides mm-hmm. depression um i previously had worked at st luke hospital um, mm-hmm. in the psychiatric bike unit for like five years and then i worked at lennox hill hospital in a regular psychiatric unit also mm-hmm. working um, also work at Independent Living where I work with the psychiatric population helping them integrate into society after being hospitalized for many years or incarcerated mm-hmm. so in working there I've noticed that a lot of the geriatric population um, are more depressed so then not just about a little bit more depressed than the younger Psychiatric population, meaning the elderly. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, the elderly is a little bit more depressed.
0: Mm-hmm. Because so what, I feel like. Mm-hmm. No. So what? What was your area of expertise? Like, were you the person that administered their medications? Were you like a counselor?
1: Well, well, not necessarily. Administ- we um, assist with admission and medication. Mm-hmm. Did some counseling, at, at night, to help them feel at ease um, mm-hmm. being in the hospital without your family, mm-hmm. you know, without a loved one there. Um, I found them bored, someone to talk to, confide in, um, let me know how they feel, their fears and such.
0: And that was just in like a an assistant living facility.
1: No, it was, oh, it was, I was in a hospital, St. Luke's Hospital, um, two hospitals, and uh, one of them was a, a housing um, situation. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So you're pretty much assisting them with living their lives pretty much on their own. Yes,
1: definitely. Um, activities of daily living. Um, some a lot of times I've noticed them coming in around the
0: holidays time. Um, So they start their residency around the holidays.
1: A lot of people have, especially the the elderly. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because the family wants a different um, surrounding at this time of year, or this is when they really do become um, extremely depressed. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that um, a lot of times regular people of from 18 and over even younger people may become depressed around the holidays um, they say it's because of the lack of sunlight because um, it's colder so you inside more and you're eating more putting a little bit more weight so that, that plays a part to it and some people only get depressed around this time and during the other months they're fine but around this time when it gets colder and such they get
0: a little sad So let me get this straight. So some people are only there for a temporary state or are these people that are there for, to live? Like this is their residence. Like they're taking on residency there.
1: Oh no, no. It's supposed to be a temporary situation. Um, What happens is they come there, um, whether it's for depression or another um, psychiatric disorder um, Mm -hmm. and they try to stabilize them with medication Um, That's the way that they also try to stabilize them on medication with talk therapy, talking to them, um, getting them back to feeling close to how they
0: felt prior to becoming depressed. So are you guys like the first stop before they go somewhere that's a little bit more serious? Like, let's just say someone's having whatever thoughts or they're just not their quote unquote regular self. Would that particular facility that you're talking about, this particular one we're speaking about right now, would that be their first step before their families or someone else puts them into somewhere that's a little bit more permanent? Well, I guess,
1: I guess recognizing, having to recognize um, that a person is becoming depressed or extremely sad, Mm -hmm. it will be to first recognize when, when that's happening for some people. When it comes to... Talking specifically um, of an elderly person, Um, people become withdrawn and don't talk as much um, as they used to. All the the things that they enjoy doing, you see that they may not enjoy it as much or at all. They may want to be by themselves a lot. Sometimes, you know, if you are, uh, if that's your parent and you do notice things like that with your parent, you know, you might want to to the doctor with them and Right. the doctor know that would be uh, the first step in doing that mm-hmm. um, let
0: I have a question mm-hmm. I have a question now I remember seeing a movie with Julianne Moore a few years mm-hmm. ago and it was called Still Alice and in this particular movie she played a woman who was 50 years old and she realized, well, her she and her family realized that she had early onset Alzheimer's. Right. As a 50 year old, I want, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Maybe about maybe days after she turned 50, she realized she had full on Alzheimer's. Now, I would think that the natural thing to do with her being a person who was used to doing her own thing, she's 50. And I mean, When I was a younger person, you know, 50 seems so old, but now it's Mm -hmm. like you think of 50 and 50 is not that. So for me to hear that someone, you know, is hit with early onset Alzheimer's at that age, it's scary, you know. So and especially with uh, me being someone who actually lived through a family member who had Alzheimer's and, you know, you start realizing what's going on. and You start seeing that they are trying their best to hide from you that they're going through what they're going through, but they're trying to figure themselves out, too. You know, Mm -hmm. so it was just uh, I think it was a very powerful movie. And then I learned in that movie that if your parent has Alzheimer's, you, too, carry the gene and you're able to find that out. That was powerful. I'll be honest and I'll tell you, I don't want to know because I saw what was going on, you know, but at the end of the day, when someone is going through something like that, I believe that can trigger mental disorder as well, because you're, you're, you have to deal with the fact that you are not the person you used to be. That may put you in some kind of depression and your family may not know the reason why you're not sharing. Mm -hmm. They may not know that you're going through something internally to the point where if you don't say something they will never know you know so when these situations occur where these people are coming into your facilities Mm -hmm. is there a case where they're coming in by themselves or is it always a case where someone's signing them in um with um the
1: elderly is generally a family member for the elderly younger people that i've um encountered um I think if they already had a history of history of it before, then they have an idea that what's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And other people who may have uh, bipolar disorder, yeah. also depressive, they are a little bit different as far as coming in um, themselves. So huh. generally, someone does bring them in, you know, because um, they kind of they really need that support you really need to support uh, when you're going through something like that because believe it or not some people aren't really aware
0: that it's happening and that hmm. sounds strange That no it doesn't sound strange That actually, that's a very important point that you just brought up we're going to mention that again in another one of the segments I'm going to bring that back up but please keep that in mind we're going to come back to that but that's very, very important. The fact that you said some people may not know. Right. But I think that there are cases where people do know, they do recognize it, but because of them having certain ways of thinking or coming from a place where oh, we don't do that, we don't talk about that, right. we don't expose that, they are hurting the person who's suffering more than helping them by ignoring it. But that's a whole nother showing this Not a whole nother show, but a whole nother segment. We're going to get back to that because that's a very, very important point. But how many different facilities have you worked in? And have you seen different places react different to their... Do you call them residents or do you call them patients? Oh, patient. Mm -hmm. So does it matter? Does it matter? uh, How can I say this? Does it matter what level the hospital or facility is where the care is different? So, if it's, let's just say it's a Lenox Hill and it's a, as opposed to somewhere, let's just say in, in Brooklyn, somewhere, someone like a, somewhere like Very a. Very good question. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Does it matter with a with oh, class? Yeah. The so, uh, <laughs> I
1: bet Hatton is to- totally different than Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, in
0: working in the hospitals, well- Brooklyn is changing. I'm just asking because you know what I'm saying. It's gentrified out of their mind now. So all the Lenox Hill people, you know what I mean? Their people are moving to Brooklyn now. So anywho, go ahead. I don't want to lose our thought.
1: But when I um, worked in Lenox Hill, I, I seen it's, it's so different. I mean, I don't know who owns it. You know, if that's why. They ha- you know, I have standards and, and the hus- every hospital has standards that they have to meet and it's just somehow hospitals, they try to exceed their standards, so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, for what I had noticed, um, as far as care, the care is always there, I know the care is there, um, for the most part, from what I've seen. Um, but when I was in working as a case manager, service coordinator, and working with the population outside of the hospital, and having to call the ambulance on someone, and the fact that the particular hospital, I think it was Interfaith, they didn't oh, keep the Oh, I know them. They didn't keep the person. I was like, what? You didn't mm. keep her? She was having a, sorry, she was having an episode and uh, mm. I was surprised that they didn't keep her in the hospital. Mm-hmm. The way I worked at, if you come in there someone says, oh, she's having um, hallucinations and hearing hearing voices seeing things
0: they tend to keep you and yeah because they don't want you to leave and go do something you know rash yeah but mm. they did it
1: there so that's why I feel
0: like it's wow. different
1: um,
0: hmm. you know. that is that's something that's always something that I've, I've thought about and then you know I left I came into Brooklyn I only lived in Brooklyn for 10 years But when I was, when I got there, I was there at the beginning of like the hardcore gentrification I'm talking about. Hey, we're back with Femi Brathwaite. Hi. Hi, AKA the healthcare professional that I have on deck today. (laughs) All right. So I was making mention last segment that you know i'd only been in brooklyn for about 10 years before i moved out of there but when i first got there it was like at the beginning of the whole gentrification thing and i've got to make mention of that because when i was there and i'm gonna paint the picture for you i don't care if people go to the address i don't live there anymore but i was on east 19 between Albemarle and tennis court. Anybody over there in that Flatbush area knows that is, you know, as my cousin was calling it, that was the Panama Canal. It was some rough stuff going on over there. So when I walk, you know, right by the Church Avenue train station, people, you know what I'm talking about. So over there, you know, it was just, it was very obvious that there was a shift and the neighbors were changing and you saw the difference they opened back up the king's theater you saw the changes but it seemed like uh the amenities that they brought to the area the police presence that they brought to the area all that shit wasn't for us so the reason why i asked you you know a little while ago did you see a difference in the care that people received whether it was a lennox hill or whether it was a, a facility in brooklyn That meant a lot to me because you just, you, I saw the difference in the way that people were treated and it's something that could have been there all along, but I feel like once the change came, the service changed, the way people behaved changed, you know what I mean? And I think there were people who always resided in those areas that now they want to classify them as certain things because these new people moved in. You understand? you know that there's a man who hang out over there by the you know the korean grocer he ain't too right in his head but guess what he never bothered you you never bothered him and everyone lived in harmony but let the new people move in and all of a sudden he's a problem then the cops want to come through and deal with him and they deal with him as though they're dealing with a predator or they're dealing with someone who's you know turned up to 10 meanwhile the man has always been there i'm just saying this is a hypothetical situation i'm talking about here you know, the point I'm trying to make is people are not properly classifying people. Like I have a lot of f- friends of mm-hmm. mine who are in law enforcement and they would call them the the EDPs, the emotionally disturbed people. And right. they, lock, they take them in under that. So, yeah, my question mm-hmm. is this. What are the worst cases that you've seen? Come in to one of your places, whether it was Lennox Hill or anywhere else. I just keep calling Lennox Hill because that's just stuck in my head. But what are the worst cases you've seen just walk in off the street, other than them bringing them in?
1: Um, on, on a whole, besides not not just depression, but any um psychiatric disorder. Yes. Wow. People um, bought in on um a stretcher with a police officer and handcuffs. That was. Pretty... It was a cop on the stretcher. No. Uh, uh, it was a patient on a stretcher with, okay. and police presence. Police were there with him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: pretty, pretty crazy. One of the things. Um,
0: Did you have to deal market. with that person, or you just saw them come in?
1: Um, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, when they have uh, a male that could be quite aggressive, they will have a male tech. Um, with him,
0: generally,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. male technician would be working with him along with the police, along with security. Right. Yeah. Tell I me mean, that. Okay. Um, something I saw mm-hmm. come in. Hmm. I also saw um, some people will come in for not necessarily may have an actual problem, but they want to work the system. But that's another. Story, I have in what in. do you mean? Uh, whether it be to avoid jail time,
0: oh, they'll uh, pretend,
1: yeah, or housing, you know, especially people who are living on the street. It's
0: wild it's that lucky. you just said that because I just watched a disturbing story. Hmm? On uh, someone sent me a clip, people sent me a lot of. Hmm clips conscious stuff things like that you know things to make you think and it was this father that was in a courtroom and he had to watch as his son's murderer pled insanity and that was the charge he was getting he pled insanity and he got a lesser charge than someone else who was getting charged for murder would have gotten and this man he he let out such a roar from in the courtroom and he was like man you playing crazy you playing crazy? You didn't play crazy when you killed my son? And he went on and on, and it was right. It was to the point where even the people in there, like, uh, you know, they have the little flashlight cop guys in there to restrain you should mm-hmm. something go wrong. But you mm-hmm. can see even in their face the grief because they understood where the man was coming from. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying it. You playing crazy? You didn't play crazy when you killed him? You went after him? You did? He, he pretty much explained the whole situation that led up to his son getting killed. And he just kept saying it. You're playing crazy and you're going to get away with it. Which I think if people... I wish there was something to measure when someone is lying. I know that sounds a bit insane to say out loud. But if someone knows all they have to do is just go to the... Okay, I'll just, I'll just say I'm crazy. I'll just say I'm mentally unstable and I'm going to get away with it. Well,
1: I would think it would really depend on the, the psychiatrist who begins mm-hmm. interviewing them to have, you know, knowledge
0: mm-hmm.
1: of, um, of that. They should, but not everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting a correct background on, uh, individual would definitely help to assess whether a person really, really is who they
0: say they are. Well, this Sometimes is the thing. What if don't. you have no background? What if you just were apprehended, you came in, or you got taken in from, whatever situation, maybe you got into a fight and now they're saying you're, you know, you're unstable so we're going to take you into the hospital. But you don't have a yeah, family member has to speak happened, for you. and mm-hmm. a lot of times
1: I always have spoken to the younger people because, um, one of the other hospital I worked at
0: was by Columbia and a lot of times over the By weekend, Amsterdam Avenue. Huh? they by Amsterdam and, uh, in, ha- in Harlem. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. you know, they'll drink and do whatever and next mm-hmm. minute they're there you know and um they usually gotta no drink. say huh so no drink drinking oh like they're coming you know intoxicated drunk on um
0: so wait no they, no, the, they, they get taken in for like public intoxication is that what it is no, An
1: no it's it's just the behavior that followed after the, um, drinking. Oh, it could be okay also oh, drugs. A lot of people who may have used drugs for the first time
0: mm-hmm.
1: may have a different effect on them than a person. Well, and that's, hmm. a, that's another thing also. like That is some know,
0: facts you're dropping yeah. right there. Marijuana
1: hey, is one of with, them.
0: Is- listen, you're going straight. Get out of my head <laughs> Femi. Get out of my head Femi. Let me tell you something. I'm a grown lady. People know I don't do drugs. I barely drink anymore. You know, I used to have a disgusting love affair with a man named Johnny last name Walker. Yes, Lord. He was my lover for years. I had to give him up because my condition was getting too too messed up with him. He was he was using and abusing me, battering and bruising me. I couldn't take it no more. I can't do drugs. That's just not my thing. I made a mistake and had an edible and it was a cookie. I'm going to leave it at that because I actually had to be around someone that I respect a lot after eating these edibles. Right. And I was so ashamed. And it lasted so long in my system.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially if you're not. And then ingesting something is different than um, taking it in like food is different than smoking it.
0: Now you because
1: tell it's, me. It's going quickly through bloodstreaming. <laughs>
0: It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> now you tell me I was yeah. so ashamed yeah. oh god It and then was it you're
1: not a person who you know does that it's gonna it's, be a different
0: effect on you nothing sometimes in my people ever are... clean system clean yeah maybe clean so I'm over here thinking eh, it's just a cookie then I was like I say say nothing I had a half more what was wrong with no first started with a half then I ate a whole one like to say nothing, girl. And that was a Thursday. A of... Sorry, it didn't a of... Saturday. That was huh. the HTC was. Dis... It was ridiculous in it. So that was a Thursday night. I was messed up a whole Friday after, and I wasn't okay until the Saturday afternoon. Wow. Yes, okay. I was so ashamed the Friday though because it's like I felt like everything was slow motion. I don't even want to get into the details of what i was when you said the lady went to what was it uh uh not montefiore you called another hospital's name but you said the person interfaith? said that they, interfaith that she was saying she was hearing things and stuff like that i'll give it yeah. to you this these cookies were so strong i was able to hear the blood flowing in my body yeah i was out there the moral of this story is when you are when you have a clean system and you try something like you said for the first time, it has a ridiculous effect on you. But also you have people who alter these things to try to make you higher. Hence the K2 and the things that these people are taking listen somebody sent me some video with people who took K2 and they were in the street I didn't know if it was right. real footage or if it was like that was, that, from,
1: that was a real thing um, for a while um, in I New York around.
0: I didn't know that that was real stuff or if it was like a clip from Walking Dead I didn't know it was it scary really
1: real for a long time in New York.
0: and you can get it from the corner store
1: yeah, I think it's better. I, I believe it's, it has gotten better as far as synthetic um, marijuana. It has definitely gotten better. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people did come into that, um, to the psych ED for that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, What people don't know is although it, it, marijuana itself, not just fake marijuana, it, if you may have something already going on in there um, in mm-hmm. your brain, And maybe it it was never present, it was just dormant, it was just there. Sometimes, if you do try something, even marijuana, something that marijuana was supposed to be natural, Mm -hmm. it could make this psychotic thing happen to you, it could just change you for the rest of your life. So, like that,
0: it's so wild that you said
1: that. And then all of a sudden you smoke
0: something or eat something, and you're and never the same. Again. You're never. never the same again. I have a yeah. friend of mine that told me that uh, a family member of theirs had some bad. And it sounds like it's so simple to say, "Oh, it's just some weed." Not all marijuana, not all pills, not all of them are as basic as people think. Oh, it's just taking it once. No, one time could be all you need to mess you up forever. Yeah, I, mean, like, I remember when
1: I cell or have it really prescribed to you. You know, they, you have no idea what's in it. People like to put dust in it, angel dust, yes,
0: or whatever
1: dust. roach spray, and all these other yes. things. So you're not sure if it's the purest form either. So mm-hmm. you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I remember when I was
0: in my, I want to, say, was I in college? Yet? I think it was my late high school years, early years of college. I remember, I, ecstasy was just just being the hot thing. At that point, yeah. and I remember there used to be a club called Sound Garden, and different clubs like that. Where people at my job at the time were talking about, oh, they would go uh, for the weekend, and they had these people that would mm-hmm. administer these drugs at the club to intensify mm-hmm. your experience while you were mm-hmm. there. And they were talking about this like it was, like it was running neck and neck with sex. Like, yo, yeah. it's top tier. Oh yeah oh yeah, but I remember me just being me, being the little reporter that I was in my head. I remember watching and seeing what the side effects were for certain people. And they were saying that certain ecstasy pills, if you got the wrong ones that were either maybe mixed the wrong way or just uh, created the wrong way, it could shoot, it, uh, it can give you liver failure or kidney failure instantaneously after taking the wrong one once it completely dissolves and goes into your into your body it can shut down your organ in organ i'm like this is this goes far past getting high so i never in my life i never and it seemed like such a gateway innocent drug is how they wanted to pass it off because in those days it, I can't believe I said it like that. It sounded so cliche in those days, but <laughs> back then when they had those ecstasy pills, they would have cartoon characters' faces and stuff right. on it. And I'm like, why are they making it look like they're trying to peddle this to kids? They're making it where it looks like I wanna at the time I want a Pikachu or I wanna whatever the cartoon character was on it. You know what I mean? But it was doing such severe damage to major organs. It was insane. To mention your brain. Oh. Your brain must already be gone if you consider taking it's, this shit. It's ridiculous.
1: They say with that usage is, is it will look like a person who's been getting seizures for many years. That's the kind of mm-hmm.
0: bunch of holes in there. You see, so wait, that's that's when they observe someone's um, brain who's passed from something like this.
1: Yes, and through scans, through um imaging, when you get a, a CT scan, you can see all of that, all wow. of that, Sean.
0: and you can see it's from the drugs. Yeah. Wow, you can see you can see depression too in um, in body, oh. By the way, you can. This is the thing. Well, I'm glad you jumped back into there because let's just say you get a scan, you get a CAT scan or a CT scan or whatever. If that's not specifically what they're looking for, will they volunteer and tell you that?
1: Because you're part. already in there. The, the drug part, or
0: no, 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 the depression part.
1: Um. Well, when they're looking like at that, I believe they're asking like, a series of questions and kind of seeing how...
0: If it correlates. Uh, the... Okay, now you were making mention of the fact that once you get a CT scan, the doctors are able to see it if you have depression. So there's a series of questions that are asked for what? For them to correlate your, the questions that they ask you to see if it, it's reminiscent of depression? I guess to see the activity
1: in the brain. And this is the thick way. <laughs> Probably a little, a little over. Um, people because nobody really pays attention to that. But I guess they're looking at, um, I guess, for evidence and for their statistics for further research and study. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see how the the neurons are kind of like transmitted or not transmitted as much as they should be uh, the mm-hmm. brain activity I guess they'll be looking at brain activity with questions and things like that although people regular demeanor can, um, and you can actually see when people are depressed from their facial expressions also you gotta mm-hmm. see that you know, we need a brain scan but that's another step that certain people do do. Um, The doctors, they do check that out for their Mm -hmm. research for further study. But it's not like uh, always done. But that is something that you can actually see that um, they compare Mm. normal brain activity to that specific activity
0: of a person who is depressed. That's interesting. So what do you think one of or a few of the most ignored symptoms and uh, I don't want to say disorders. Is it, Would it be considered to be a disorder to be depressed? Um, but what would be the most, what do you think is the most ignored thing? Let's just say just out in regular everyday life. Like someone could see something in their home, in their neighborhood, in their job, at their, you know, just in their community. But what do you think is the most ignored thing? If we could put in, if we can just, you know, mention a few that people are not diagnosed for, but people should have been already, you know, taken in and checked out for.
1: Mostly being withdrawn. Maybe people, a lot of people do withdraw. Um, You know, your friends, all of a sudden, they're not talking to you. You probably just think that, oh, they're having a bad day or... Oh, they, they they had an argument with you for, for whatever reason, and now they're not talking to you. So maybe mm-hmm. people may take that as, oh, they just need some time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people will isolate themselves from people, and just kind of just be alone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: be in a dark room, um, don't talk to anyone, even engage in any kind of activity at all. All of that may stop. It could come so. Bad that they don't do anything hygiene, like they don't brush their teeth in the morning. Mm-hmm. They don't uh, nothing. They don't get up out of bed at all. Mm. And I think what happens when people may see that they'll say something like "snap out of it," you know, like just snap out of it, as if it's something that um, mm-hmm. it's easy to come out of, and it's not. And a lot of times in um, specifically Black communities, um, we are all supposed to be very strong people. So uh, things like this shouldn't happen to us. We shouldn't be feeling down or depressed.
0: Who's this? Um, hmm? Who's this you're speaking about?
1: No, I said, I said in the Black community. Uh-huh. I didn't hear that part.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> it looked like, oh, wait a minute you need to be strong, you have to be strong and they don't really pay so much attention to you because they feel like that shouldn't be happening, like you're supposed hmm. to be strong, like wh- why are you upset?
0: hmm as though you're not human Yeah As though you're not human I mean, that that's a whole entirely different thing where, you know I think that right there, what you just said is very common as well the whole get over it, what's the big deal, you know, That's small stuff. What's small? The one person may not be small to another person, you know, and the yeah. fact that your feelings are not being addressed, that too can bring on other feelings. Yeah, definitely. So that's very, very, let's not even, you know what, let's do, let's, let's get into the fact that uh, there are men out there that feel as though black men, we're talking to you. <laughs> that feel that they can't say what they feel or say how they feel because there's something, you know, that trails behind them like some kind of taboo where they can't admit that they actually feel things. All right. You know, it's just, I think that right there is just a recipe for disaster. When you have someone that feels as though they cannot be open and cannot be free, how do you conduct yourself in a healthy relationship in a healthy way of dealing with your family? raising your child in a healthy way how how if you don't know yourself or if you cannot be honest with yourself if you're in pain if you think you should be able to talk about these things but it's just like you just said we're just it's just ingrained in us to always be stronger be tougher don't admit this like admission of pain is like an admission of weakness
1: exactly it's not only ingrained; they publicized it on tv every time even for women, specifically mm-hmm. black women,
0: mm-hmm. is
1: always they went through this and look at them and you know either you're angry black women or, mm. or mm. you you
0: know. I've heard that a time or two or ten <laughs> <and> <laughs> they misconstrue passion that. with being angry and then okay. when you're able to actually verbally explain exactly the reason why you feel how you feel you have whatever feelings about whatever it is you're talking about then it turns into just you know just being generic oh you're just angry no one ever wants to really hear you say what you really feel I mean we're able to feel pain we're able to be disappointed to go through these other emotions you know it's funny because I mentioned this before that I used to have friends in school that would laugh at the fact that they would go to their therapist it was a regular occurrence for them though and these are all white people they used to be, you know. Yeah, well, I told my therapist, yada yada yada. Or, you know, right. I've got to go, and, you know. Well, to hell with my therapist, da da da. I'm going there because my parents are paying for it regardless, and I'm just going to tell them whatever, da, da da They made jokes about it, so it's to the point where I'm like, but it was just weird because they were going to see a therapist, and that was normal to them, and it was also normal to them to know that we didn't take care of ourselves like that. Right. It was weird. It was weird, and I felt a way about it, you know. And it's like. I just wish that our people would understand that I don't know another group of people that have endured the kind of mental strain that we have. I don't know too many that can compare to us and it's not a game it's not a, oh, I got worse than you I got that's not what it is. The hmm. truth is the truth we've gone through a lot. There are a lot of things that we have seen in our own circles, whether it be with our families or extended families that we made our family or just out in the street or in the news or wherever that are life altering that will damage you. Oh yeah. And where do we go for help? Where do you go to offload that? Where do you go to heal from that? Cause I'll be honest and I'll tell you this. I went to therapy. I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the show yet, but I have gone to therapy before and I went to therapy to talk about, uh, depression that I thought, I, I I self-diagnosed myself and thought I was depressed, because I had lost someone. I lost a family member. And I just felt like it wasn't healthy for me to still feel as though they had just passed away and one year had passed. And I felt like it was still fresh, brand new. So I said, let me use my little health insurance that I get, okay. that I'm over here paying for. You know what I mean? Let me use my little copay. Now let me go talk to the therapist. I mean, when I went and sit down in the lady office, uh-huh. I already knew this was going to go left. But I said, you know what? Have an open mind. Yeah. Talk to the person. This may help you. But this is something that I was unfamiliar with. This is nothing that we ever did in my family before. Right. So I said, good you know I'm thinking back on those schoolmates that I had that laughed at this. And I'll get back to them in a minute. But talking to the person, I'm trying to open up now Mm -hmm. that is extremely hard for me to do I don't trust people and there I said it I don't trust people I have a hard time bearing myself Mm -hmm. I do and if I bear myself to someone that is it meaning that is it you have all of me if I trust you enough to bear myself to you but Femi once you cross Mm me I'm crossed that's it there's no going back And then what's messed up Mm -hmm. is that I will not trust people after the person who crossed me. And that's wrong. So here's the other people paying for something that they didn't even do. So that was part of what I wanted to talk about. This lady started going all over the place. First off, she was like, is the reason why you feel uh, this close to this family member? Is it because (laughs) you and them had a sexual relationship? Femi, I was done. I was done. Whatever. I felt welling up. They dried up. I said, "How much time I have left for this copay?" I'm thinking back, how much I paid, how long I had to stay in this office. I ended up cutting that's the session short. No, that's
1: not how you. It do was it. wild, wow. crazy.
0: It was wild, crazy. I ended up. Reported. This is a lot. This is a long time ago, but oh I wasn't. You see, now I know I should have reported it. You know, I was a younger woman back then. You know, yeah. I just, blo- I was just blown away at the line of questioning that she chose. Meanwhile, you just met me. I haven't even been in your office for a full 20 minutes. This is the opening. Hey, I'm Dr. whoever the hell her name was. And da 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 -da. Nothing like that. She had no shoes on. She took over. She sat down in her chair like she was sitting in her living room. She was comfortable. She was chilling. But this is a first impression. Anyway, I just was completely and totally turned off by where she went with that, especially because of who the family member was. I'm like, get out of here with your stink talk to me. This is disgusting. And then I just automatically felt as though she was judging as opposed to trying to help. So I think things like that, moments like that, yes it is. And it made me not want to go and see anyone else again. Hence the reason why this is so fresh in my mind. And this was more than 10 years ago. I've never gone back to see anyone again. Now, it's... It shouldn't have been that way. I should have said, you know what? I went here. I went to this restaurant. I didn't like the food. Let me try something else. Because you know what the truth in the matter is? Although I don't like the food in this restaurant, I still have to eat. Right. You understand? So even if it's not in a restaurant, i got to find a way to fix myself. I've got to get some kind of nourishment one way or another. And it's like I think with us, in terms of mental health, and making sure that we're good internally, we've been so accustomed to just bypassing that. Meanwhile, that is, in fact, one of the most important things. That you need to make sure is good first before you go out into the world and deal with people. Yeah, definitely. So, I, too, think that although you may be going out there to go and get whatever help, it's who's trying to give you help. You may be going to the wrong place the wrong restaurant so (laughs) i think think bipolar either
1: and he's hanging out
0: leave it don't go back to your
1: grandmother you know what
0: we're gonna wrap this up i'll be right back Okay, Femi. So what do you think we should do in terms of I think I skipped over something. I was gonna ask, what do you think we should do in terms of treatment? But what are we treating? Like I, I was trying to make mention before that I think bipolar disorder has gotta be one of the top three most either undiagnosed, misdiagnosed, or ignored. Right. Disordered. That people are going through. So, what do you think the first steps in the direction of trying to get someone help for these things are? <laughs> <Okay. clears
1: throat> Specifically with um, bipolar, I yes. guess, rec- really recognizing a change in someone their um, how their demeanor is um things um and talking to them and kind of taking their how they're feeling seriously you know
0: encouraging them
1: like come on let's go outside let's take a walk that helps a lot
0: So this Um, is the thing, we're all grown people. I mean, you're, I mean, I guess you can't think out of the frame that you're in because you're, you know, you're in family life. So you're able to see people every day, they see you every day, things like that. But let's say you're at work and it's just someone that you work with. You don't live with this person. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a coworker. But where do you go? Where can, where do you think it's a, how do you say it? Because it's a sensitive thing. So how how can you approach this? Let's just say it's, if it's a co-worker. Uh-huh. And what are the things that you should look for? What do you think are a few defining factors of someone who is clearly bipolar? Oh,
1: God. oh boy.
0: Because these kids go away to school. People go away to school. You're away. You're in another state. You're around people that you don't know. You have to grow to know these people. So this is not mm-hmm. your family. You right. know? but you're in your dorm room or you probably live off campus because I believe I think personally that when people let's just say go away to school that's a, a mm-hmm. shock a huge shock especially yeah. if you've never been home right so let's how does
1: bipolar like that? stuff if mm-hmm. they generally it's the age thing as far as being already not necessarily diagnosed but it has as far as having a break already it's you and you're not going to be in your 30s and getting diagnosed with bipolar that's it you already have it it's already known that you're have, have it. but
0: all as far right. as getting person all right huh? now we're getting somewhere that we actually mentioned earlier where uh-huh. if you notice it in someone or if you feel like it's there but you just ignore it because of how sensitive the topic is go on we're saying in your 30s you won't be diagnosed it's already there go ahead
1: yeah, generally it's kind of a cut up. Because what happens is, fuck science.
0: Uh, it's what? i When
1: you reach like thirty or so, your personality is your personality already. You know what I mean? So to say you having something after that, I don't know if I believe it. As far as from my, being taught that way in school, mm-hmm. um, but prior to that well, we're talking teenagers and in college as far as knowing the seeing signs of it is what they would call mania where they would do something in excess mm-hmm. shopping sex drugs even talking excessively mm-hmm. um, anything in excess that you haven't met even if you let's say you just meet a person maybe a day or two and they are like oh I'm going shopping today and like, yeah I gotta get this I gotta get this I gotta get that and, and it's like oh this might be a little strange mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> certain behaviors uh, you can definitely see especially if it's like an excess even people may talk person excessively talking like and it's not making sense that's another mm-hmm. word it's, it's, it's not just talking It's whatever they're saying is not making sense mm-hmm. it becomes a circular thing I don't know if you've seen Kanye West interviews oh yes that's, yeah. a, Definitely that's, in his that's a good
0: example yeah. mm-hmm.
1: that's when, when he first was on Ellen one day I was like why is he still here on air do, do they not know that this?" and I remember writing it on Facebook like um did somebody turn off his mic and talk to him because he's manic everything he we was saying it didn't it, it, it didn't come it wasn't um completely together it was mm-hmm. it's all this, over the this place happened here and this happened there and that happened there that's a person like he's manic if anybody knows that's of with i've always said it from when i saw him like He's definitely a manic depressive. Like, he has this high-high when he's, like, talking and he's doing all these things. And he's creative, yes. But it also can be harmful, in other words. Maybe he might necessarily hurt anybody physically. Hopefully we'll never get to that. But what he's doing as far as, you know, speaking and supporting who he's supporting, it, it, it may be harmful.
0: You know, in that I aspect. mean, in terms of that particular person, mm-hmm. for the people who always th- who thought that that was funny to watch him go off on the tangents that he went on to do mm-hmm. what he was, doing for the attention that he was getting, and it just seemed to me it didn't matter what kind of attention he was getting as long as he was getting it. Uh, yeah, I felt odd about it, and I wouldn't give okay. the satisfaction of calling him crazy. I wouldn't do that because to me no, that's I one of those one true. of those trigger yeah. words. You can't just throw it around I wouldn't yeah. just call him crazy I don't think that that's the case and I think it's a lot deeper than you know the fact that he lost his mother and he never dealt with that kind of shit and the fact that he's living this very Definitely. very, very Definitely. public life. and it's I believe someone that.
1: spoke about it before too that she was helping him with his medication
0: um, when she was alive mm-hmm. so what people need to know it's not new it's just new to us Right, it's what we're at being night. exposed to, and it's always been there, but it's yeah. held at bay. It was being dealt yeah. with and taken care of. His mother was neutralizing it. She was literally is everything, you know. And then
1: now, his type of life, where I'm trying to get into him so much, it's not helpful enough for him. It it's not enough support to say, "No, we got to sit down." No, and and it's it's to the the point where it's
0: together. You know, you're very right about that, and it's to the point where people are afraid to tell him no, afraid to challenge him, afraid to ask. Yeah,
1: when you are rich and things, that's harder too. Yeah, they
0: try to approach you on a real life level. But how many people does he have around him that actually really care about him? You know, and I think one of the things that have hurt him. The worst after the whole losing his mother thing and then spinning out of mm-hmm. control, he then had to face the fact that there were some people around him that actually did rock with him on that level and they couldn't be around. They couldn't be around right. with him acting like that. As much as they loved him, they had to distance themselves. Yeah, that's, yes, AKA that's another problem, Jay-Z. too,
1: that people need to know.
0: To him, that's a person that he, you know, looked up to like a god in front of everyone made a song dedicating it to him all of that so for this person to make such a very public uh switch and make it obvious that they are not having any dealings with you so no matter how much you want to get on like this child who's not getting the attention they want i don't care and i don't have to deal with you you know, and then the the worst part of the whole situation was in another ploy to get some more attention. He went on to some show. It was like an award show or something like that, and he said, "Please don't send the people with the guns after me." He was talking crazy. He was talking like out there where you wouldn't want to bring that kind of attention. To these people. Why would you do that? Why would you put guns and the person's name in the same paragraph? Why would you do that? So at that point, they had to make up their mind to separate themselves. And I know that hurt him even more. Because that was like the last piece of what he still had. Last piece of normalcy he had that was still attached to him when he he still had his mother. You know? So it's like, it seemed like he lost so many things at one time. But also, on the other side of it... Mm -hmm. people gotta know it's not
1: just you know woe is me and woe is kanye it's also having an acceptance of the fact that you have have a disorder that you have this Mm -hmm. and knowing that okay i have it how can i get it to be normalized into my everyday life how much medication i need to take if this one is not working for me then let me talk to the doctor and and adjust it. Not, oh, I'm not taking my medication anymore, which is a lot of bipolar people do that. That that is a standard. And and they become hospitalized continuously. It's like a cycle. They get better with the medication. And then it's like, I don't need it anymore. And then they go on a tangent with something else. And then they're back again in the hospital again and again. So it's more about someone's telling you, like, I understand that you have this here and you know you have it let's try and work with it but if you're not working with it i can't work with you anymore because i feel like you're being destructive Mm -hmm. on purpose now because you're aware once you're aware of something you got to make changes for it you can't just keep on being like oh no this is stifling my creativity i
0: I just don't think that that he is in the right mind to make that sort of decision when you say, Oh well, my no, normal but, life, what is this normal we, life at this point? I think he needs to be pulled aside and out of this for a moment to get back to life how, back. To I rehab. don't know if that's that ever happened. So I can't even say that. That's as why people with as... rehab. That's why they separate themselves and get away from whatever the demon is that they have, whether it be drugs, alcohol, what have you, they have to get out of that that circle or that life for a moment and remove themselves so they can figure out who they are again and then walk tall. That makes sense. This got too crazy with him in this 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 current day with where he is right. and with his views and then he recently stepped forward and said he felt like he got used and at this yeah, point nobody he was in
1: a sunken place. place. So. It's, it's gonna be like that though. That's that's this is an unless he really accepts that, okay. He 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 already says he acknowledges that he has it, he acknowledges it. But, Mm. you know, if you feel like the medication is... Because it it can. Medication can make you more sleepy. Mm. It can make you not want to do much things. But that's because it's kind of bringing down that mania that you're bringing out. Right. But sometimes you can try to adjust your medication, but to stop taking it completely and go on tangent.
0: I just... I think someone like him, he needs to really separate himself from everything and try to clear his mind a little as hard as that may be because his level of celebrity is unfathomable from a lot of people i understand that but think about it from this perspective femi it's people like him that are on this level of celebrity yeah in this place where he is, and then in, in two twos, God forbid, you hear they pass away, and then all of a sudden, oh, my God, he was a genius. He was an icon. He was, yeah. was, was, was. Why not tell him that and try to grab him by his neck, by his back skin like a little baby cub now right. if you love him that yeah. much? I'm like, where are the people that really love him, that really care for him? Where are his actual people? You're going to have people that are around you, the hanger-ons, just because of who you are. Yeah. Let's be real. But where are the real people who don't care about the dollars you have, honestly don't care? If you're sick, they'll wipe your nose. If you're vomiting, they'll hold your hair. Where are those people? You gotta have a few of those. And those usually are the ones who don't care to be seen because they care that much about you. And I'll be real mm-hmm. and I'll tell you this, someone like a like a Jay-Z, if he didn't have the family that he has, be it his superstar wife who's on another plane herself, and, you know, moving as she's moving, Anyone with sense knows that if you had to count three of his main people that you've seen, or maybe five, because he's got so many people around him, everyone with eyes to see knows that his little friend there, Ty-Ty, everyone knows he's been there always. No matter what, he's always been right there by his side, no matter what has happened in his life. So should Jay-Z lose everything, that man cares about sean carter to hell with the jay-z shit he loves his brother so if things should go left or right or whatever that's one of the real people he actually has in his life you understand where are kanye's people (laughs) he's got to have somebody where's your Um, dad
1: him and jay-z was friends at one point you know he
0: played himself he played himself
1: but like i said it's only so much you can take and so much you can give to a person um to help them that's right so while you have to be like okay i hear what you're saying let me try to you do something
0: distance. about it i love you huh? from afar i love you from a distance i gotta let you figure yourself out i'm here but i gotta let you figure yourself out because the shit you're doing right now is far out and i can't be part of it yeah i'm so messed up because it seems like all these different lines and wires are crossed where people don't know which one leads back to the real person or which one leads to business. And right. it's crazy because he's over here living through this real-life situation in front of everyone. And yeah. It's sad. And I
1: feel like the question is I think he should be more of a, you know, how do you say, um, example.
0: You know? How? He can't even get a hold of himself no, right I, now. I know
1: he... But it's not that he can't now. I know that he can. He can. It's just that he's choosing. These are his choices. These are his choices. He's choosing to do that. He's okay. So you don't
0: think he's, do he's lost his mind to the point where he needs someone to literally hold both his shoulders and shake him no. like a rag doll? Snap no. it!
1: What's no. wrong
0: with you? Smack I really don't.
1: I don't. Hey. I feel like, no. I, it, i just in working with I'm
0: not laughing people. at him because I just saw a movie recently from my childhood, um, The Muppets mm-hmm. Take Manhattan. And in this movie, I know one of my friends is probably listening to this podcast right now, dying laughing because I sent them a screenshot when I was watching it. But there was a moment in The Muppets Take Manhattan when Kermit the Frog got amnesia. And his friends were so up. They were just so frustrated with the fact that he wouldn't come back to himself. And he thought he was someone else. He was calling himself the name he thought he was. And they couldn't take it anymore. And then it was to the point where he said the wrong thing to the wrong person, which was his woman. We know who this is. This piggy herself. And she knocked the hell out of him. Like, what's wrong with the hell? Ah. I'm not trying to promote violence at all on this mm-hmm. podcast. That's not what we're doing here. But I'm just saying it's like from a human place, when you know that the, the person they can get to that place where they can think quote-unquote straight. Mm-hmm. But they they need that hug. I think Kanye needs someone to wrap their arms around him and let him cry.
1: How do you know that hasn't happened already? I don't know. Actually, let me, let me give an example because I don't know if you know... Um, I don't know any of these people. She, she, based she, on she the don't playing a mother um, for... What um, are talking about? Huh?
0: My Jennifer Lewis, yes,
1: she My reached girl. out to him.
0: Yeah, but her. did that? Happen? He also she also has bipolar, you know. And she's loud and proud about it, and she's speaking yeah. about it, and that's that should have happened a long time ago. But again, this is something that has such a stigma. Well, she it,
1: said you know? that when she first, you know, found out, she didn't want to deal with it, and she didn't take out a medication, and all mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. She does mention that you know, and a lot of people don't. That is true. But um, like she said, she did reach out to him. He, he hasn't reached back to her. But, and this I'm is, but sure you just said Lots it. of people in industry have. You industry know what I mean.
0: people. They care about yeah. money. If you're not working and if you're not in the right frame of mind, we don't get paid. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, you want to go get a $1,000 lunch? Let's so try to talk it over. Is, you don't think that is. Um... I don't know what to think. All I know is what that man has said when he's had a camera with the right with the red light on. All I know is what he said when that happened. And I'm still blown away by a clip of a TMZ interview he had where he glances past the host guy, I think Harvey, and he says, I just want to focus on this lady because I'm getting good energy from some far out shit in the middle of an interview. Yeah, no, that happens a lot with them. They're very.
1: Sometimes they have a lot of godlike complexes, also, like thinking that they're the
0: second coming. Prophet. And they're above that. this, they're above that. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But yeah. this man, there's some severe stripping down and strong. building up that needs to yeah. take place. Yeah. All right. So. But that's also
1: with therapy and modification of medication. Mm-hmm. All of that has to play a part in it. Because sometimes, it, even with um people with depression if there isn't um acceptance somewhere along because now i'm not talking because severe depression is completely different that's a whole another um ball game with that one because you really are not cognizant of anything going on um but just regular not 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 going on for a long period of time depression if you're not willing to say okay this is depression and when you begin to feel in a certain light that you're like okay let me go talk to the doctor or mm-hmm. let me make sure that I have my medication or make sure I'm outside enough to get enough sunlight because that's vitamin D is really good too so that people don't know <laughs> vitamin D is very good um, you kind of like um, being think, not uh, present in your own life also too being present because no matter how much help people give you and or beg of you if you don't take it there won't be any change either It definitely won't so be, it change. be and, and in hoping. his and in his life if he's not you know because he has lucid moments you know
0: and we witness these moments
1: when it's like it makes sense what he's saying but then, it's, then it goes back it, right. anyway, it's just, Bipolar in itself is such a
0: fickle beast. We're going to end it on that note right there. So I'll be right back. We're going to end on the fact that uh, bipolar disorder is a fickle beast. Hmm. I'll be right back. Okay, so we are here with Miss. Demi Brathwaite aka my new mental health buddy <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you know you're going to be my go to you might see okay. some wild in your inbox like oh, okay so you want to know about okay hold on let me go and look for them books I spent so much money on <laughs> that I have holding up my dining room table because girl oh, the yeah. you wanted to ask her for those used books was ridiculous but that's a whole nother show question what do you think we should be more aware of in terms of mental health in our community just things that you feel are being overlooked or ignored uh, what do you think we should be more aware of and what should we be more sensitive about in terms I of context, I think you know. people how they feel every day we should uh, be more aware of really feelings. feelings Huh? We should be more aware of feelings. I'm trying to hear you clearly. I'm sorry. Sorry. How um, a person feels
1: on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, living in New York is super, super tough uh, as it is. Having to take Mm -hmm. a train and seeing the people you see on a train. Mm -hmm. And just a day-to-day life can be quite stressful for a lot of Mm -hmm. people. And one day it'll just take a toll on you you're like oh my god I just don't want to do it I don't want to do this anymore and I just being able to speak with someone even to say sometimes believe it or not even I know people don't like to talk to strange people on a train and stuff
0: uh, Saying hello and giving someone a smile it's, it's nice. so funny it's to look before you forget your thoughts I remember when I first got to Brooklyn and myself, although I'm, I'm told often that I have a very serious face, I can't look yeah. at someone and not speak. So even if we're on the train and we happen to lock eyes, I'll be, you know, good morning, good afternoon, get whatever, right. I would speak. I don't know what it is to look someone in the face and not say anything. So I remember after being in Brooklyn for not even a full year yet, there was a person that I used to ride the train with all the, every morning for me to go into work. And I remember like one day just being friendly. Good morning, whatever. Where are you from? Just like that. And they were like, you know, I've been riding this train for a while. You know, you start learning patterns. And I started thinking to myself, are you watching people? they were like, no, I noticed that you smile and you speak. That is not something that you see over here often. So where are you from? And I told them, you know, what borough or whatever real quick, because you don't want to tell people your whole story on the train. But to your point, I think it's easier sometimes also to speak to a stranger like on the train yeah you know we became not friends but you know you get used to seeing someone so let's just say the train is coming and they know you're coming they'll he's to stand up and hold the door just in case right. and i'm not gonna front there were a couple of mornings i was running and i you know you leap in there and you catch it and vice versa you know so you know It wasn't a friendship, but you get what I mean. But that just came from just being friendly and just speaking to a stranger on the train. But I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: And I think that's good. But a lot of times we are all kind of like afraid and kind of in our own world and our own head that we don't always look out for one another and say hello. And a lot, that little thing could sometimes make somebody's day to be acknowledged. I believe that. To be being acknowledged feels good. You know, like someone, I'm here still, I'm here. You know? And a you lot of times when people are going through depression, they they feel hopeless and mm-hmm. not worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, for to be acknowledged by an uh, individual is it, it makes a person feel great. That'll make a person say, hi, how are you? You know, a little bit goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And noticing when a person is changed and they're not into the things that before, and they don't want to go with you, they don't want to eat, they are even sleeping, all that changes. They complain, oh, I'm not sleeping enough. You know, like mm-hmm. why 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 are you not sleeping? Mm-hmm. Why, what, what's going on? that makes you um staying up later or what have you. To you ask questions like that, why are you not you not sleeping? Good? You're not eating? What's going on? Let's let's go out and um let's talk about that and maybe relating to them like oh you know I felt like that a couple of weeks ago you know or someone felt like that and this is what they did or what have you relating to a person that, that helps a lot too when, so they don't when feel like don't they're feel alone home. Mm-hmm. yes because that's exactly what it feels like if you're alone you're in it by yourself mm-hmm. and just giving that person to letting them know I'm here I'm here you know even when they sometimes they'll push you away a couple of times and, and you know but you sometimes you just gotta push because you don't want it to come to the point because mm-hmm. sometimes depression does lead to suicide mm-hmm. for some people. It does. You don't want it to come to that point where you didn't do everything that you that could. You could. Mm-hmm. You know. You don't. I mean, you don't want to feel that way. Because sometimes you do do everything you can, and that may be an outcome for some people as well. But definitely looking at them as a whole, as a whole being and knowing that, hey, let me let me talk to her for a minute. Let me talk to him. Let him know that I'm here. I'm listening to you. I'm hearing what you're feeling. Some people be feeling pain in their body and all that stuff. Sometimes your body lets you know that something's wrong also. So that sometimes you'll be complaining like oh this is hurting me like, what's going on? Let's, let's go get a massage or, like why why What? what's going on why is that happening to you
0: and things yeah. like that let's talk about it well sometimes things that are going on in your mind can inflict physical pain this is true yeah. this is true and like you just said to your point if you don't think you're going through it if you're not paying it any attention your body will speak up before you yeah. can ever self diagnose yourself. Like, hey, I remember years ago, years, I was visiting uh, a cousin of mine. Well, I have a bunch of them out there, but this particular cousin, she's like the eldest sister of a group of them. And uh, she introduced me to a book called uh, You Can Change, You Can Change, You Can Heal Your Life. You Can Heal Your Life by Louise L. Hay. You Can Heal Your Life. And in this book, if you go through it, it'll tell you what every physical ailment you're going through, what has caused it. So if you uh, have back pains or it'll, it'll, for instance, it'll break down everything on your body. Like it'll isolate the area and tell you what the pains in that area mean. Like if you have pains in your neck, neck pains, back pains it says that you're carrying a lot on your shoulders that's the reason right. why you're getting back pains it was a very interesting book i actually carried it everywhere i moved ever since then and i i can't find it now i don't know where the hell it is but louise l hay is the author and it's an awesome book i believe it's called you can change you can heal your life and it breaks down everything pains in your feet pains in your legs like i said your neck your back your arms your hands it tells you what everything means and what mental situation may be going on with you that you don't even realize or things you're doing uh unconsciously that could be inflicting these pains like you said uh lack of sleep things like that what these things mean you know like i remember i had to admit to myself that the only reason why i used to ride the train with music was so i wouldn't my mind wouldn't wander because, you know, when you're sitting in one place, you're quiet, Right. things come back to you, especially with yeah. uh, a sober mind. You know, that's why a lot of people, I believe a lot of people drink and I will admit it. I drank in excess at some points in my life and it was to the point where I was able to take it. I was able to drink, but I was handling it too well for someone of my frame. And I remember my uncle pointed it out to me. He was like, yeah, he saw a picture of me and a few of my friends. Um, and when I tell you I was the only lady in the picture, and it was me and like five of my guys. And we were all at this place and it was just one picture of a moment in our evening. And the table was just full of empty bottles. And uh, you know, for every drink we had, everyone was drinking the same. So I'm gonna paint a picture for you. I'm 5'4", 137 pounds, if that much. I've been the same height that I am right now since I was in the seventh grade. I'm small, my frame is small, but I'm drinking like the guy who's in the picture with me to my right, you know, he knows who he is, six, five, 250 pounds. We're drinking all the same, you know what I'm saying? And it's to the point where I had to admit to myself that, you know, a lot of that drinking came from trying to cover things up, trying not to think about things because the alcohol numbs things, but it's to the point where I wasn't getting drunk. You know, and I, I had this one rule, you know, to these kinds of problems because it was a problem. I had to admit that it was a problem. You have your little rules. So my thing was, if it didn't taste good, I wouldn't drink it. And then I just stopped with the whole it tastes good to hit to, to just go straight to the what's the strongest you got. You know what I'm saying? And then I catch myself drinking. What was the one? Um, Bacardi 151. Femi, on the, the label to this thing, it tells you <laughs> don't drink that Bacardi and smoke a cigarette at the same time because it's flammable. That's how strong this thing was. You know? And if it wasn't that, I was drinking Johnny Walker. If it wasn't Johnny Walker, I was drinking, you know, something crazy that I was introduced to called Jack Iron or Sunset from that's your country stuff, sunset. Yo, I was drinking whatever was, yo, if it was, if it was something strong and potent, that's what I was dealing with. But you know, when you got to live a regular life and go to work and stuff like that, you can't be drunk or twisted or functional with alcohol in your system and go do your job. You can't do that. So sometimes you're faced with having to think about things. And the fact that you have to think about things is sometimes the most painful. So, you know, you do whatever you have to to do. I'm just telling you my particular situation, what I used to ignore certain things i had going through in my you know if it wasn't the alcohol all right i gotta go to work i'll play the music if i can't play the music it's something else everything else but think about what it is you know so femi i thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me i appreciate you uh-huh. thank you for agreeing to talk to me on such short notice and thank you so much for sharing with my listeners uh your knowledge on this very, very sensitive subject. And trust and believe I will have you back on again because I believe we have a lot more to talk about. I think we can t- we can touch a, a multitude of subjects, subjects yeah. rather, we won't get bored. But I thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, congratulations on the engagement. I'm very, yeah. very happy for you and Quentin. And until next time, do you have anything you wanna say before you go? Um, just, I'm
1: hoping that this touches anyone if they find anyone in distress or needing a shoulder that they look to them and speak with them, let them know that they're there and they're available there are, therapy's great I'm in therapy um, it, it can be very helpful, medication if needed, it's, it's really good too, it definitely will help with the depression, seriously help. Um, they have other different type of treatments. I don't know if you've ever heard of ECT. That's a little bit um, electroconvulsive therapy. That's a little bit different. That's like to really shock therapy. People. Yeah. Well, they don't like to call it that anymore. That's
0: what it is, though. kind of they're to really they not think that at that all. Sometimes I'm not laughing at the actual thing. It's just I guess they wanted to soften off the name, but.
1: Well, it's not like how it was many years ago when they first came out with it. I've seen it done, so I know it's it's a it's a tiny jolt of electricity, and it's a small seizure that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very effective for people who don't respond to the medication. Um, it really helps. I've seen it help so many people. So I'm just and I did my paper on it. I'm a severe advocate for it. It's oh, okay. Extremely helpful. If say it again. What is it called? ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. ECT. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: It, it has. I have watched people who came oh. in to the um hospital extremely depressed. Like it was like it was nothing there. They couldn't mm-hmm. get up and brush their teeth and take a shower. Nothing. Every day I have, I remember helping this lady get her up on her bed, brushing her teeth. Everything with her every day, and she'd be like, "What should I do next?"
0: And oh wow! When
1: she, when she started getting this ECT treatments along with the therapy and the medication, she and she was Hispanic, so her English wasn't that good. But she was like, "Thank you so much for wow. being there for me every single day."
0: Wow! I
1: seen like a change. I mean, people are against mm-hmm. it, but it's it's really helpful for um, all depression
0: in cases like that they've got to have the people who have benefited to come out and be advocates and speak for it because they're the proof
1: yeah and they do outpatient too as well so like even after you leave the hospital you come and get your maintenance like every other week or so and it'll help you prolong your life because depression is super real it's not something that can just go away just like that Mm -hmm. um Some of it can be hereditary also. If someone in your family has it, you might be at first to get it. If a grandparent or someone has it, you may get it also. You know, it's very real. Don't tell nobody to snap out of it. Just be there for them and support them during this time because that's what they really need is support.
0: Copy. I apologize for saying snap out of it earlier to Kanye and maybe he needs to have some kind of physical... Well, <laughs> someone, I think somebody <laughs> needs to just hug them I, down if that's considered to be like snapping somebody out of something or beating them up, then fine. I just yeah. want to hug the man. Like, I feel like, like in
1: Kanye, it's a different situation than um, a person um, with depression.
0: That's a whole so not nother show. I We're not even it, going to take just, up more time with no Kanye. It, he took up too much different. of this, this this podcast, but. Yeah. It's, I just think that people are dealing with that in such an insensitive way and it, it I think it needs a certain kind of attention and if you see all these yeah. other people reaching out to their people who they think have a mental disorder and they put their arms okay. around them until they're better we should be able to do the same for him he's sick yeah. sick yeah. and it's nothing to make fun of it's nothing to just pin a name on him and just dash mm-hmm. him away he's given too much to us And in return, we need to be there for support. You know, we have our own families, our own shit to deal with, yeah. Yeah. But in terms of just us being people of the same in the same circle, we need to look out for one another. And if we can't look out for one another, we can't expect other people to reach their hands out for us because they're focused on their people. So, on that note again, I thank you so much, sister. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I appreciate you. We will definitely talk again and uh i appreciate you this was this was an awesome awesome episode i thank you hug so your much
1: grandma and grandpa
0: i'm sorry i
1: said hug your grandma and grandpa my <laughs> grandma and grandpa passed away
0: but at That's the end of the you, day i mean everyone they should always hug them Definitely. yes yeah listen <laughs> i am a firm believer in hugging your grandma granddad your yeah, old aunties or whoever's but especially those older people because I feel like they are they are the holders of the most uh interesting valuable information they are beacons I start a conversation with an elder and I sit there and I listen like a little kid who's listening to someone read them a story in school back in the day I sit there and I listen and I marvel especially when it's someone of a certain age who still have they still have their faculties together right. and know what they're saying it's amazing there's no movie there's no story you can hear that's more vivid than one that comes out of the mouth from an elder there's nothing they're amazing i love the older people they know that about me i love them i love them i love them i love them so yes thank you for that femi hug up your grandma hug your granddad they may repeat themselves but hey they're running out of material so (laughs) you know uh be there for them and like you said see the elders so you may not think you know what it is too people never ask the strong people in their lives hey you all right today hey you're okay things happen and those uh those people who are the rock in the family they they take on the the stress and the strain but no one ever really comes afterwards to make sure they are good yeah okay yeah Yeah. don't take your people for granted people don't take your people for granted and i think quentin my brother since back in the day graphics stand up they don't the school's not even named the same thing anymore wow but they renamed the school it's a whole other situation but that has been my brother since a long time uh when Quentin and I were in high school that was when Biggie died so we remember when Biggie died when Pac died we remember that time it's like frozen in my mind that time so we we lived through some really awesome times and for us to still be cool this many years later and I get to interview his fiance wife to be I heard his his kids earlier people his kids are like I want to talk to her so (laughs) this is so cool but it's just uh, it's an awesome full circle and I really hope to talk to you again and uh, I thank you so much thank you for your time I appreciate you thank you for talking about this this is great no worries no worries thank you Femi Brathwaite ladies and gentlemen So, uh, special shout to Femi Brathwaite, soon to be Femi Thompson. I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for all the potent information that you were able to give myself and all the listeners. It's valuable stuff that you came out here with and you were ready to share and uh, give your opinion on a lot of common things that I think we all deal with especially when we're talking about mental health it's a lot I think we touched on a lot of stuff that people shy away from so I thank you so much for your time and being so honest and upfront and helping us to try to understand things that have probably been happening in a lot of people's faces and they weren't unaware of it so thank you so much Femi Brathwaite people tis the season to get together it's holiday time But just try to make whatever time you have with your loved ones, make sure it matters. If you're around someone that you feel uh, may be going through something, you'll be surprised what a little, hey, how you doing, can do. So if you think it in your head, people are not mind readers. So come out with it. Ask a question. You know, just like what Femi just said not too long ago, you'll be surprised how you can change someone's day by a simple how are you and mean it. Ask how they're doing. Just check on your people. Check on your people because this whole episode was inspired by a post that had a bunch of different hotline numbers on it in the event that someone may need help or they need a listening air so think about that for a moment be thankful be happy but understand that there are others that may not be in that place so every little bit that you can do does go a long way that's all I have for you people remember to be positive like the blood type and remember that your time is your most valuable commodity Don't waste it for everyone. Thanks, people. Bye.